progress. Okay, so we're going to pick it up from Daf Yedalad Amr Beis, uh, from the Gemara in the bottom of the Amr. So the Mishnah said that there was a woman who was uh, who was uh, filling up water by uh, by a well, and she was attacked, and they didn't know who attacked her, so they didn't know the status of uh, was she attacked by a guy, in which case she's possible kuna, attacked by a Jewish kashul kuna. So Rav Yechman Nuri in the Mishnah said, <coughs> Rav Yaisi said, in the name of Yechman Nuri, that if the majority of the people in the city are kosher, it's kosher, and if not, not. So the Gemara starts over saying the following. Till now we've had two opinions. You have Rav Yeshua, who basically says, we never believe the woman, even if she is uh, confident who uh, she was with. And then you have Rav Gamliel, who says that if she's confident, we do believe that uh, that uh, we believe her. The question is, where is Rav Yechem coming from? Because he, even if she's confident, Rav Yechem says you still need Rov. Right? If Rov of the city is kosher, then then, then she's kosher the kuna. If Rov of the city is possible, she's possible kuna. Where does Rov come in? Rav Yeshua seemingly doesn't care about Rov. Rav Gamliel seemingly doesn't care about Rov. So it, it, the question is, who is he going like? The Gemara says, Amalei Rav Lerav Nachman, Rav Yechem Anuri Darek Who's Rav Yechem Anuri saying like? Ik Rav Gamliel, if he's following Rav Gamliel, I'll feel Barai Pesulonami. If he's following Rav Gamliel, and she's confident who attacked her, and she's claiming she knows who it is, then what do you need Rov for? He doesn't care about Rov. Rav Gamliel would say his opinion, even when it's the majority Goyim. And E Rav Yeshua, and if Rav Yechem Anuri follows Rav Yeshua, and we assume Rav Yechem Anuri is going with one of these two views, then Afilu Nami. Rav Yeshua doesn't believe the woman seemingly, even if there's a rove. So what's going on over here? So The answer is go to the next page. The answer is she was attacked by the train station of Tsipuri. and Rashi explains that it's a day where people are traveling from all around. Meaning, the explanation is like this: Rav Yeshua, while Rav Yeshua does not believe uh, the woman when there's rove. He believes when there's two roves. There's two roves, meaning rove of the city is Jewish and rove of the people traveling to the city are also Jewish. When you have a double rove, that even Rabbi Yeshua is moda. So the answer is Rabbi Yechon follows Rabbi Yeshua. And the reason why he's makel, because she's confident, and I, Rabbi Yeshua, seemingly never listens to the woman. The answer is when there's a double rove, you, you, he is Mekel. Now, what's the significance of a double rove? Why can't I just go with rove of the people traveling there? You'll see in a moment, Chazal did not believe when there's one rove because they were afraid of uh, a gzera. It was a gzera that we'll explain in a moment. The Gemara says it could be Rav Ami, and this follows the teaching of Rav Ami. Dam Rav Ami, but who says Rav Ami says that they were only Mekel because it was the majority of the city was kosher, but also the majority of the people traveling there were also Jewish and kosher. As Rav Yana explained, if she was attacked, if, she, if someone lived with someone on a, on a wagon, she's kosher lakunas. The Gemara says, wagon? Look at that, what does a wagon have to do? It means, at the time of the wagon, meaning... When people are traveling, it was the day of the, the day of the marketplace, whatever, when people were traveling, and the majority of the people traveling are kosher, so you go with rove. But you need a double rove. But if, let's say, she lived with someone from the city of Tsipuri, which is the majority Jews, so it's just one rove, so you just have the rove of the city, that's shtuki, that's not good. Now, so, I mean, basically what we have over here is that you need a double rove. 
Why is that? I need robe of the city to be Jewish, and I need robe of the people traveling to the city to also be Jewish. What do you need that for? So Zairi explains, you go by the majority of the city, but you don't go by the majority of the people traveling. Meaning if the majority of the people, this is what Zairi says, and we'll, we'll amend this very quickly. Zairi is saying that you go with the majority of the city, but you don't go with the majority of the people traveling. Meaning, if, the, if, if someone lives with someone in the city, and the majority of the city is kosher, then it's fine. If someone says, lives with someone by the marketplace, and the majority of the people traveling there are fine, we don't go, we don't care. Now, meaning we care about the majority of the city, but we don't care about the majority of the travelers. Now, that doesn't make much sense, and this is a big aside for the rest of the daf. There is a concept called Yugoba Sarov, called the Parish Maruba Parish, which means that when you have an incident, you go by the rov, that's one concept, but we also have Kol Kavua Kamech Samech What this means is like this, means when you have a Shiloh that originates where people are supposed to be. I'll explain very simply in this case. You have a city that's a majority Jewish. There's 90% Jews, 10% Goy. And an incident happens in that city. So you have two concepts. You have Yugoba Sarov, so it will be Jewish. But you also have Kol Kavua Kamech Samech that where people are stationary, where they're supposed to be, it's 50-50. So is it 50-50 to go Basarov? The answer is, it depends where the Shiloh originated. Meaning, if the Shiloh originated in the street or in the markets, where it originated outside of a set place, it originated in the open area, then you go by Rov. When the, if the Shiloh originated in a home, then it's 50-50. So let's say you have a piece of meat, right? You have, we'll, we'll talk about this later in the daf. You have 10 butcher shops, nine sell kosher food, one sells non-kosher food, and you have a piece of meat, you don't know, uh, you don't know where the meat came from. So the question is, where did the Shiloh originate? If you, if you found meat in the street, then you go by Sarov. Rov of the place is kosher, then it's kosher meat. If you left one of the stores, and you don't remember what store you came from, but the Shiloh originates in a store, you can trace it back to a store, then it's 50-50. Which means, and it's again, it's, it's based on Pesukim, as we'll see later on. Meaning, the better rove is when it's in the marketplace. Anytime you have it within a city, and it's where people are supposed to be, then it becomes kol kavul kamehsam it becomes 50-50. So Raziri is saying is that you go bus a rove in the city, but you don't go bus a rove where in the in the marketplace. It's klapilai, it's the opposite. If you're going to give me rove, what's easier to find rove is when you're dealing with the marketplaces because nobody is st- set there, nobody is stationary. So you always go with rove. Anytime you're dealing with a city, even if the majority of the inhabitants are Jewish, but if the shell originated in a home, it's 50 50. So you're telling me. So we have to try to figure out why do you need two roves? Before we get there, Zairi said a statement. I go bust a robe when it comes to a city, but I don't go bust a robe when it comes to the fields. That's the opposite. Makes more sense to go bust a robe when you're in the fields because there is no stationary, there is no kavua. In a city where people are where they're supposed to be, meaning homes, then you go, it doesn't matter bust a robe, you actually go 50 50. So it's the exact opposite. So Ziri says, you're right, flip it. Ziri says, you know what I meant? I'll go bust a robe of the city. If the, if the majority of the city is kosher, then we assume that the uh, Jewish, then we assume the person was Jewish. But I also need a rov of the marketplace, meaning I need double rov. This is what we said before, you need a double rov. Now the question is why? So, 
Now, Ziri is now telling us that you need, for Rabbi Yeshua to be lenient, I need two robes. I need the majority of the city to be Jewish, and I need the majority of the people traveling to be Jewish. I need two robes. Now the question is, why would you need two robes? If a robe is good enough, it should be good enough. If a robe is not good enough, it's not good enough. What does two help you? The answer is, my taima. Why do you need two? Gezerah robe siya, otu robe ear. The answer is, really, if you have majority, it's fine. So that would mean that if someone lives with someone in the marketplace where there is no stationary, so then you just go by the majority of the inhabitants. The majority of people are Jewish. It's Jewish. Why well, need two robes? I'll tell you why. Because if people are told that you go bus a robe, they're going to make the following mistake. What if the situation happens where someone lives with someone in the city, in a house, which is probably the more common occurrence, and the majority of the neighborhood is Jewish? Do you go bus a robe? The answer is no. Because as I said before... <laughs> When the Shiloh originates in a home, it's actually called Kavua Kemesa Mesadam. It's actually 50 50. Anytime the Shiloh originates in a Kavua, in a set place, it's 50 50. So if the woman goes to the man, and so within the city, if they lived in the street or whatever, in a, you know, in a non set location, they both went to a hotel and it's not their set place, then you go Basarov. But if she went to his apartment, then even if the majority of people are Jewish, it's actually, you don't go bus a rove. That's called kol kavua The reason why you need two roves is because if you just say, we go bus a rove, people are not going to know this distinction. If you tell the average person, hey, we're just going to go bus a rove. One rove is all you need. So then they're going to not know the difference between kavua, they're not going to know the difference between a city, a house, a set place, a field, they're just going to say, I'll go with the statistical majority. And that's not true. In order to avoid this confusion, you need two robes. I need rove of the people, meaning it has to be that the Shiloh originates in the marketplace, and I need the majority of the city to be Jewish, therefore to avoid all confusion. Because if we allow rove, meaning if the Shiloh originates in the fields, really it should be fine. If the majority of the people in the fields are, people traveling are Jewish, I don't care about the majority of the city. But if we go bus a rove there, people are going to go bus a rove in the city as well. And therefore, to avoid confusion, you need two roves, meaning, not just two roves, you need rove of the city, and you need rove of the marketplace, and the Shiloh originates in the marketplace, to avoid all confusion. That's the Gemara says, Gezerah rove, siya atu rove ir. The reason why we're, we're only lenient if the, if, the, if, the, if the relations took place in the fields and the field's a majority Jewish, and the city's majority Jewish, because if we're lenient with one, people are not going to know the distinction, and they're going to be makel when it's in the city, and the city, it's kol kavua kemech samech. I mean, the Gemara speaks it out, but Rebbe now, even within the city, if the man goes to her, they live in her apartment, so the man, who the Shiloh is, of who the man is, is traveling, then you actually go basarov. But we're talking about a scenario, Ella, the Ozla, the cases where the woman went to the man in the city, because then the men, which is the Shiloh of who they are, right? The Shiloh is trying to figure out the man. We know who the woman is. We're trying to figure out who the man is. So if the man is stationary where he's supposed to be in his location, then it's 50 50. So the reason why we're only makel in the fields, if the fields, if the majority of people traveling are Jewish, and you also need the majority of the people in the city Jewish, because we want to avoid um, any confusion. That's the Gemara says. Okay. So you need two roves. When it comes to uh, lineage, we're only going to be makel in the fields 
if there's majority of the Jewish people in the fields, because then you go bus a rope, because there's no one who's set, there's nobody who's stationary, because nobody lives there. And you also need a majority in the city to be Jewish, to avoid any confusion, because people will think that you go bus a rope, no, you need two robes. Now, the problem, the Gemara just have a quick point. When it comes to kashras, it's not like that. I said before, Shiloh, if you have uh, uh, ten uh, butcher shops, all selling, nine selling kosher meat, one selling non-kosher meat, you find meat in the street. We assume you go bus a rove. Majority of the places is kosher. It's kosher. Now there are other problems with it was meat that was unattended and it's bussishness. Fine, but, but conceptually, we say the meat's kosher. Nowhere do we say that you need two robes. I understand what you're saying that you need two robes to avoid confusion, a gazera, because if you go bus a rove in the fields, people might start going bus a rove in the city in an inappropriate case because it's called kavua. I understand all that, but we don't find such a thing when it comes to kashros. And the Gemara is going to answer, you're right. This is a special stringency for kahuna. Meaning you want to be able to marry a Kayan. My laws of Yifs and the Chazal were very strict when it comes to um, lineage. The Gemara says, Does a person need two roivs? Tanya, the Brisa says, You have ten butcher shops in the neighborhood. Nine sell kosher food. Kosher meat. One is selling non-kosher meat. Now, and you bought meat, and you don't know where you bought from, but you remember you went into a store. So the shaila originates in a store. So that's what I said. When the shaila originates in a place, in a location where it's supposed to be, then it's Then it's aser because it's 50-50. Benimsa, but when you find the meat in the street, so the shaila originates in the street, then you go basaroiv. So you see... Over there, it's just one roiv. It's just the roiv of the city. We're not talking about where roiv of the travelers to the city are also Jewish. It's just as roiv, one roiv. So why do you tell me you need two? V'chitema b'shein dalsus medina ninolais deka'asi la ruba ma'alma. If you'll say maybe we're only going to be lenient by the kosher meat if a the city is majority kosher and the majority of the travelers to the city are also kosher. You need two roivs, but that's not true. Hamar b'zera afvisha dalsus medina ninolais. Rav said, specifically, when it comes to kashras, you do not need two robes. One is all you need. So why are you telling me that when it comes to lineage? You have to, to in order to avoid problems, it has to be two robes. I thought you only need one. The answer is, my law will be yochsen. It's a special my law that they made for, for, for yichos that, uh, that you need two robes. But when it comes to kashras or anything else, one robe is enough. Now the Gemara is going to go back to this discussion, which is, again, that when you have a Shiloh originated in a city, and you're trying to figure out what the status of the item, the person. So you have to figure out where did the Shiloh first come to you. If the Shiloh first came to the people involved in a location where it's supposed to be, in the location where it's supposed to be, so let's say in a butcher shop, or the the, the woman went to the man, so the Shiloh originates of who the guy is in his house, then it's 50-50. I don't care the look, I don't, it can be 99.9% Jewish, 50-50. If the shayla originates in a location where they're not supposed to be, like in, in the streets, or the guy went to the girl's house, so the, the guy is out of his location, then you go bus a roiv. That's the rule. Again, it's based on sukkim. I think it's halacha mishum seen also. Let's start the gemara. Amrav gurufa amrav zera kol kavua kamech samech zadami. Anytime the shayla is kavua, meaning the shayla originates in a location where it's supposed to be, it's fifty-fifty. Bein lekula bein lechomer. Whether that's to be lenient or to be strict. Meaning, it's 50-50 whether it was originally 
going, you go, if you would have gone with the majority and you'd be lenient, you don't go with the majority. If you would have gone to the majority to be strict, it's 50-50 and it's not as strict. It's always 50-50. I don't care what it would have been if you went with the majority. Whether to be lenient or to be strict. So Manole, how do I know this? That if the Shaila originates in a specific location where the items are supposed to be, it's 50-50. Elema, so let's go, again, that how do I know that we will go with 50-50 whether that's to be lenient or to be strict? Now, the example that we had before where with the butcher shops was actually to be strict because you had nine shops that were selling kosher, one shop, one shop selling non-kosher. So if you go with the majority, it would be kosher. But if the meat was bought in a, in a store and you don't know which store, so the Shiloh region is in a location, so if you would go Basarov, you'd be lenient. But now we're going to go 50-50 to be strict. Where do we find the situation where going 50-50 will make it more lenient? Where every case that I could tell you of, when you go 50-50, it's, I would have gone lenient majority, but now I'm going to go 50-50 to be strict. But where do we find, that's like L'Chumra, but where do we find Lakula? Where do we find that going 50-50 will actually make it better? So the Gemara says, how do I know that, that we'll go 50-50 even to make it better? Ilema, if you want to say, Mitesha Chanuyos. You have the case that we had before, which is ten butcher shops, nine selling kosher. One selling non-kosher. And you buy from one of them, you don't know which one. So if you go by the majority, you'd be lenient, but because the Shiloh originally in the store, it's 50-50. Now, that's not a good example of going 50-50 to be lenient. That's going 50-50 where it makes it worse. Because if you go with the majority, you'd be lenient. Now you go 50-50, you're going to be strict. Okay, let's go with another, try to find another source. Okay, we're trying to find the source that when you say Kol Kavua, that the Shaila originated in the location, so we don't go with the majority, we go 50-50, and we're going 50-50 to make it better. Where do we find to make it better? Lahora, that's an example of making it worse. Okay, what about the following? We know there's a concept of a Sharetz. A Sharetz is a type of lizard where if you touch it, your tummy. Let's say you have 10, uh, nine, ten, ten frog-like animals. I'm sorry. Uh, you have nine frogs that are not shrotzim. So if you touch them, you're tahar. And one of them is uh, is a sharetz. So you got these ten animals. One sharetz, nine non-shrotzim. So if you go with the rove, you would say it's tahar. You touch one of them, and again, you're in the zoo, you're in their natural habitat. So if you go with the majority, we'd say majority are non-shrotzim. But it's 50-50, so you're tummy. Maybe there's an oh, it's fake tummy, you're tummy. But again, that's another example. We're going 50-50, it makes it worse. Because if you want majority, you would say you're tahar. 50-50, you're tummy. So where do we find an example? We're still looking for that example of going 50-50, making it, making it better. That's 50-50, making it worse. Hasanami l'chumra. Ela metisha shrotzim achas You know the answer? What about the opposite case? You go into a zoo... You have a, a, a glass box with ten animals, nine shrotsim, so nine of them are, are tame, one non-tame, and you touch it. So if you go with majority, you're for sure tame. Because you didn't go with majority, it's 50-50, so it's a suffolk. The halacha is, when it comes to all suffolk tumas, right? We know suffolk deraisa l'chum is suffolk derabon l'kula. What about suffolk tumas? Doubtful tame. So the halacha is... Saita, every Saita, every time a married woman secludes of a man after being warned, that's an example of a suffolk, right? 
and it's a suffix tumah because you're dealing with impurity of, of adultery. The halacha is, we learn out from a saita that all suffix tumas is tame if it's in a private domain, like a, a saita, which is a private house. If a suffix tumah arises in a rishas arabim, in a public area, we're actually lenient because there's no sota in a public area. So therefore, this case where you have nine shratzim, for sure shratzim, one non-sharetz, and you touch it, and they're in their habitat where they're supposed to be, so if you go with robe, you're for sure tummy. But now we actually say, no, it's 50-50, and this makes it better, because now it's a suffolk. So now if the suffolk, if this all took place in a Rishasarabim, the halacha is suffolk tummy Rishasarabim tahar. So we would actually be lenient. That's an example of going 50-50 makes it better. Because if you go with the majority, you're tummy everywhere. Rov tells you tummy, but he says, no, it's 50-50. 50-50 means it's not rove, it's a suffolk. It's a suffolk, it's a doubt. So the halacha is that if a doubt arises in Rosh Hashanah, suffolk tummy, Rosh Hashanah is tar, be tar. That's an example where going 50-50 makes it better. Tisha Shrotzim, Vitzavayadei Achas Meneim, Venagem Achas Meneim, Zanaka, you touch one of them, you don't know which one, so if you go with Rov, you tummy. The answer is no, you don't go with Rov, it's 50-50, so now, Vishus Ayachid, Sveikai Tame, Vishus Arabim, Sveikai Tahar. Okay, fine. So that's the example, fine. So we have this concept that the Gemara is going to try to find the source for, which is that you go by Sarov, but when the Shaila originates in a location where it's supposed to be, in the location where it's supposed to be, it's 50-50. How do I know this? What's the source for all this? Umidaraisa minola. So Amar Kra, the Pasuk says, the Pasuk is describing capital punishment for, for murder. It says, The Pasuk says that you, you went up against your enemy and you killed him, so then you get the death penalty. So the Gemara says, The Tanakama, which is not re- relevant uh, for our discussion, the Tanakama feels that, that you're only chayiv for the death penalty if you intended to kill that guy. So let's say you take a gun, there's two Jews there. You shoot one of them. You were trying to kill Reuven, but you ended up killing Shimon. Now you definitely wanted to kill somebody. You just killed the wrong person. But you, you intended for murder. It was just you didn't intend to kill that guy. The Tanakhama feels you don't get the death penalty because you have to have Kavana to kill that guy. Okay, not, not related for our discussion. Rabbana, they say no. Pratlazarik Evan Lugoy. They say no, no, no. If you actually intended, there's two Jews there and you intended to kill one of them, you have to kill the wrong one, you're going to get the death penalty. The case is, you there's a Jew and a non-Jew. You wanted to kill the guy. Evan, Evan Legoy. Legav. Meaning, look at Rashi, first white line, you threw, the, the, you, threw a, you shot a bullet into a group of people, of Jews and non-Jews. The halach is, you don't get the death penalty until you intended to kill the Jew. Now, what's exa- what exactly is the case? That, that's the Gemara says. Now, the question is, what exactly is the case? Is that him? Yeah. Yeah, so if you threw, the, you threw a rock into a group of Goyim and non, Jews and non-Jews, you don't get the death penalty because you have to, there's a, there's a good chance that you weren't going to kill a Jew. It has to be that you intended to kill a Jew. Now, yeah. Now, what exactly is the case? So you threw, you threw, you, you shot a bullet into a group of people, Jews and non-Jews. You don't get the death penalty. What's the ratio? How many Jews? How many non-Jews? 
So the Gemara says, Hey, what's the case? Again, you don't get the death penalty. That's the Chiddush of the Pasuk. So the question is like this. If there's ten people there, nine non-Jews, one Jew, what's the Chiddush? You go by Sarov. Okay. Yeah, the Rov are Goyim. So you didn't uh, see your actions. We're not clear that you were trying to kill a Jew. Okay. Typically, the Ruba Kananim did You go by Sarov. Inami Palga Palga. And even if it's 50-50, 50 Jews, 50 non-Jews, Suffolk Nefashus Lahakal. Okay, so it's a Suffolk. Suffolk, we're not going to give you a death penalty because of a Suffolk. So what exactly is the case? The answer is the cases where there's nine Jews and one non-Jew. So if you go Basaraev, you intended to kill a Jew, you should get the death penalty. But because those people are in their location, meaning they're in their backyard, you shot them when they were in their homes, so there's, you know, this, they're all sharing a backyard, but it's their backyard, so they're where they're supposed to be. Kol Kavua makes it that if you go Basarov, they're rogue Jews, so be intended murder for a Jew, which should, which should get you the death penalty. But because they're in their location, Kol Kavua, Kamechsamechsadami. Because they're in their, their place where they're supposed to be, then it goes from Rov, you go to 50 50, and therefore you don't get the death penalty. That's the source that you go by 50-50, and that's a Pasuk. Okay, fine. Now, in our Mishnah, going back to the Mishnah, you had a woman who was attacked, and Rav Yossi said, um, her status depends on the majority of the city. If the majority of the city is Jewish, then she's fine. If the majority says not Jewish, not fine. And again, the Gemara amended it that it doesn't just mean one majority, actually need two majorities. The case was that she was actually attacked outside of the city limits and and the majority of the city is Jewish and the majority of the travelers in the city are also Jewish. But just from the mission alone, it says the majority of Jews, one majority. The Gemara says, that Rav says the halacha follows Rav Yossi, that seemingly what that means is one majority is enough. The Gemara is going to change it, that remind us that it's two majorities, but okay. Rav Chana He says, not that that was the halacha, that was a specific emergency situation, but in the majority, actually, in, in, in the practical, we don't pass it like a mission. So the first version is that we pass it like a mission. Second version is, no, that was a hirasha, that was a, you know, an emergency ruling, but that's not the standard halacha. So the, let's go with the first first statement, that the halacha follows Rav Yossi. And again, in our mission, that means one majority, and that's the halacha. Here's the problem. You're telling me that we pass in like our Mishnah, and our Mishnah was one majority. I thought you need two rives. Now the Gemara is going to answer, if you remember, that the case of the Mishnah is also two rives, but the Gemara doesn't know this yet. The Gemara forgot about that component. So the Gemara says, and go to the next page. You have a city. And you find a, a kid in the city. There's a kid that was left by the fire hydrant of so the fire department. And you don't know the status of the child. So, you go by majority. If the majority of the people of the city are not Jewish, the kid's not Jewish. If the majority of the kids are Jewish, then the kid's Jewish. We'll see. The Gemara later on in the Amid will explain for what halachic purpose. If the city's 50 50, Yisrael, and we treat him as a Jew. All of this is only true for for the obligation to keep him alive. The Gemara will explain what this means. Meaning, there's an obligation to keep Jews alive. So, for pikuach nefesh purposes, then then we'll treat him as a Jew or a non-Jew. Go by the majority. But 
meaning, um, right, not pikuach nefesh, lahachiyosem means that Rashi explains, bezdin mitzubim lafarnasai, there's a special halacha that bezdin is obligated to, um, to take care of the people of their town. So, that's, when we go with the majority, it's only lahachiyosem. Yeah, meaning that, that there's a special halacha that, that you have to take care of tzedakah for poor people. So if he's Jewish, then we'll take care of him. If you go the majority of the town is Jewish, then he's Jewish. But liyuchsin, but for marriage, lo, you know, you need two roives. So how could you say that the halacha follows our Mishnah, that one roiv is enough? I thought you need two roives. Now, before we answer the question, we'll just finish this b'raith. So Shmuel Amr lefakeach halav asagal. And Shmuel says, no, the, 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 the relevancy of our Mishnah, of that b'raith, of whether you go majority, is regarding for pikuach nefesh. No, we'll talk about that in a moment. So the question was, how could we say the halacha follows the Mishnah? That one majority is enough. I thought you need two rives to answer. Uh, they obviously forgot what we said in the beginning of the Gemara, that that our Mishnah, which says that you go bust a majority, it actually means there's two majorities, there's two rives. There's the rive of the, the actual, the, the relations took place in the outskirts of the town during a market day, and there's the majority of the city and the majority of the people traveling. You actually need two rives. So when he said the halacha follows the Mishnah, he meant the interpretation of the Gemara's version of the Mishnah, which is two rives. Then there was a second version, which was that actually we don't paskin like our Mishnah, because our Mishnah was harosh which means that that was an emergency situation. So what does that mean? Now that you know that the Mishnah is talking about two rives, what that means is the opposite, that when our Misha says you need two rives, that was an emergency ruling. And generally, generally you don't need two rives. Generally, one rive is enough. Our Misha, which is two rives, that was a special stringency. So the Gemara says, Now here's the problem. According to that version, that means that Rav is saying that generally one rive is enough. I, our Misha, need two rives. That was Harasha. But generally one rive is enough. But didn't Rav also say in that Braisa, which talked about finding the kid in the city, that that for for yichos for marriage you need two rives. So you have Rav saying you need two rives, but then Rav also saying according to this version that our Mishnah which requires two rives, not that's not how we paskin. So do we need two rives or not? The answer is um, ha. The answer is the the one who said that the mish the, the the one who quoted Rav is saying that we do not paskin like our Mishnah and you do not need two rives did not also offer the other statement of Rav, that, uh, meaning, it's a contradiction in Rav, it's two different students, the name of Rav. You either go with Rav requiring two rives, or you don't. But you can't have both statements, because that would be a contradiction. Now, we had before a Brisa, which says that if you find a kid in a city, so you go bus a rive. If the majority of the people in the Jew, kid, the city are Jewish, the kid's Jewish. The majority of the people are not Jewish, the kid's not Jewish. Now, says the Gemara, Gufa, Matzah Batinik, let's analyze this Brisa. It says, you find a kid, Moshlech, Im Rav, Avdikachabim, Avdikachabim. If you find the majority of the people in that city are, are, are not Jewish, he's not Jewish. Im Rav Yisrael, Yisrael, if the majority of people are Jewish, then kid's Jewish. Mechzah Mechzah Yisrael, 50 50 is also a Jew. Amr Rav, Loshan Achyoso. Rav explained this is only true regarding the Mitzvah Tzedakah. So if the majority are Jewish, then he's Jewish, you have to give him Tzedakah. Abba Yuchsin, but when it comes to marriage, loy, you need two Rives. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel says, our discussion is regarding pikuach nefesh. Should we desecrate Shabbos to save him? So if the majority of the people in the city are Jewish, he's Jewish. The majority of people are not Jewish. Not Jewish. That's a Chiddush. And you have a kid 
you go past a rove, and you will not desecrate Shabbos to save him if the majority of the people are not Jewish. Jew, not Jewish. The reason why that's a chiddush is because generally, when it comes to pikuach, generally when it comes to pikuach nefesh, we we don't care about statistics. Like majority pikuach nefesh, we don't go with majority. Right, majority of people will survive, but we don't care. So, pikuach nefesh means even a even one percent chance will will desecrate Shabbos. So over here, we're not going to desecrate Shabbos if the majority of the people are not Jewish. Ah, he's he's a guy. It's a chiddush. The Gemara says, "Who me or Shmuel? How did Shmuel actually say that?" When it comes to pikuach nefesh, we don't care about Shmuel. We don't go with majority. Well, that's a good job. It's even for a 1% chance to save someone's life. So you have this kid, the majority of the people in the city are not Jewish. Ah, he's not Jewish. We're not going to desecrate Shabbos for him. That, that doesn't make sense. Rather, this is what Shmuel meant to say. The first part of the verse says that if the majority of the people in the city are not Jewish, then the kid's not Jewish. Shmuel says that halacha does not apply to pikuach nefesh. Meaning, we'll see what that halacha is. That we'll treat him as a guy in certain areas, but when it comes to pikuach nefesh for desecrating Shabbos, we're gonna desecrate Shabbos. Because okay, fine. So therefore, Shmuel's basically saying that when it comes to pikuach nefesh, these halachas don't apply. We always treat him as a Jew. We desecrate Shabbos. So now the question is: So what halachic ramification? What halachic ramification is there? If the majority of the people city are not Jewish, we're going to treat him as a guy. Regarding what halacha, not for pikuach nevesh, but regarding what halacha. Lamai hilchasa, I'm Rav Papa lahachila nevelus to treat to feed him not kosher. Meaning, you want to know could you give the kid not kosher food? So, if the majority of the city is not Jewish, he's probably a guy you can give him not kosher. Then it says in the brisa, if the majority of the city is Jewish, he's treated as a Jew. Regarding what halacha, lamai hilchasa, I'm Rav Papa lahachila nevelus to return a lost object to him. Majority of people are Jewish, then you have to treat him as a Jew regarding returning the lost object. And Machzal, Machzal, let's say it's 50 50, so it's Mamish Safik, 50 50. Then the halacha is you saw he's treated as a Jew. Regarding what halacha? So regarding damages. What this means is like this there is different halachas. If you're the ox of a Jew and the ox of a non Jew gore, there are different halachas. The halacha of a Jew is that if a Jew's ox gores another Jew's ox, so the first three times you pay 50%, it's called tam, you pay chatzi nezek, you pay 50% of the damages, after three times, then it's a muad. That's Jew against Jew. Jew against non-Jew, if an ox of a Jew gores a non-Jew, you don't have to pay at all. And if the ox of a non-Jew gores a Jew, we're super strict and they have to pay 100% right away. There's no tam. So Jew against Jew, it's 50% the first three times, then 100%. Jew against non-Jew, nothing. Non-Jew against Jew, it's 100% right away. So we're saying if it's 50-50, you have a city that's 50% Jew, 50% non-Jew. You find the kid. The kid is treated as a Jew regarding damages. Now, which which one? I just told you the law is Jew against Jew, Jew against non-Jew, non-Jew against Jew. We're saying that this kid is treated as a Jew regarding which case? The Gemara says, Lamai... Um, What's the case? If the case is where a a Jewish person's ox gored this, we'll call this this kid that they found in the street, right? It's fifty percent Jewish, fifty percent non-Jewish population. They find this kid. We'll call him John. They find John in the street. So we're going to say John is treated as a Jew regarding damages. What's the case? If a Jewish person's ox gores John, so if John is a guy, you don't have to pay anything. If John is a Jew, then you have to pay 50%. Why, why should I have to pay then? 
This is a case of a doubt, right? We don't know if this kid's Jewish or not Jewish. We're going to say, ah, 50 50, we'll treat him as a Jew. Meaning, and if my Jewish ox gores him, so if he's a guy, I don't have to pay anything. But if he's a Jew, I have to pay 50%. So now we're saying he's a Jew, I have to pay 50%. Why? It's my money. He wants it because my animal damaged his. He's saying, oh, I'm a Jew, you have to pay me 50%. Why can't I say, Hamutzi Mechabel of you want money from me? The burden of proof is on you. You got to prove to me that you're that you're a Jew. Why should I have to pay? So Gemara says you're right. That's a good point. You know the case is, his ox gores yours. So if he's a Jew, he only has to pay fifty percent. If he's a guy, he has to pay hundred percent because guyim don't have tam and muah. They pay hundred percent right away. So the chiddush is that he's treated as a Jew, meaning it's the same concept. The money is in his pocket. I, as the Jew, want to take money from him. So he could say, listen, the burden of proof is on you. I'm going to be treated as a Jew and I'm only paying 50%. You want 100% from me? you got to prove to me I'm a guy. Burden of proof is on you. Because I'm going to say, I'm going to pay 50%. Whether he's a Jew or not Jew. Right? If he's a guy, he has to pay 100%. If he's a Jew, he pays 50%. So 50% he pays. Regarding the other left, the other 50%, I see Raid Lav He says, Listen, I think I'm a Jew. I only have to pay fifty percent. You wanna you wanna treat me as a guy? The burden of proof is on you. Okay, Hajranalah Basula Nisis. Um we'll stop here. We'll pick up the, the new Mishnah we'll do uh we'll do tomorrow, Basasham.